You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Neil Pickup, and I will be here with you all night. Show number 29, World Arm Wrestling League This Week podcast, and we may be peaking, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a surprise guest tonight, and what a guest. Joining me for the show is the man who is universally recognised as the greatest arm wrestler of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight... Is Mr. John Brzezink. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. And I am joined by none other than the greatest arm wrestler of all time. Mr. John Brzezink, the perfect storm, is on the line. John, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing great, Neil. Good to hear from you. You too, buddy. You too. It's been a while, I've got to say. But um, the rumor mill started. Everybody started saying, hey... Have you heard that John's pulling again? I'm like, no. They're like, yeah, yeah, John's going to be pulling again. So we, we had to, I had to give you a buzz and, uh, and, and check this out, mate. But I wanted to start with um, just your opinions on this year's season. How Did you catch many of the shows, John? I tried to watch them all, yeah. The uh, WIL definitely is a, is a good league for uh, spectator. I, I've enjoyed every one of the shows. It's, it's been a good, good close, high-quality stuff. Very enjoyable. Great to hear from you, mate. And um, let's keep on that. When do you, when you watch that now? Obviously, you've had your stomping ground back in the day at around the middleweight division, and then laterally you went into the heavyweight division. What would have been the old two twenty fives, but obviously we've seen you pull the giants as well. Which of the classes really piques your interest, mate? Or is or is it across the piece? Are you interested in the lights as well and the ladies? Um, you know, the middleweights it still intrigue me a little bit, but, um, the, you know, obviously the heavyweights seems to be the, 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 the latest, greatest thing. And, the, you know, they're the most heated and most competitive and, and probably deepest class. So, um, you know, with uh, Todd Hutchins now pulling a super heavyweight, I've, I've mm. become a real big fan of just the just the all out. No, no limit weight. <laughs> Absolutely. It's uh, I'll tell you what, though, mate, while we're on that, Todd Hutchins, what an animal. <laughs> yeah. He is no, he has... no, I, I trained with him for two, three years. He's he's big part of the reason why I decided to retire. It's like, what the hell is happening to me? I can't I can't hang on this little you know two hundred pounder. Yeah, he's he's something else. And um, yeah, no, I, it's good to see that he's really been able to prove himself against you know the super heavyweights. Um, so I, I, I you know I was so upset. I thought he should have beat Devin. I mean, I think he did beat Devin. I I don't know I don't know how else. That that doesn't get called when uh, you know Devin's arm is parallel to the tabletop service, but um, yeah. Well, we we actually had Devin on the show, like I think it was like the week or the week uh, maybe maybe a couple of weeks later, but it was it was pretty pretty soon after the show. We had Todd on, and we had Devin on really close proximity, and I think even Devin thinks that Todd got Devin on that on that, yeah. on that pin. I asked him outright. I said, "Was that a pin?" He said, "Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, pretty." I... I'm pretty sure and, and it was. Could, and that could have completely changed the outcome of that series, right? Because 
when they didn't call it and that match stopped and then he was able to twist and twist and twist and kind of do that pronation Kings move. I mean, that's when the match lasted 20, 30 seconds and pretty much wasted uh, any chance of, of Todd winning that series. But, you know, if they call that match and Todd's able to pop, do it again and do it again and do it again. I mean, that's that changes the whole outcome. But, yeah, well, the interesting he, thing was, mate, he said to me, I mean, Devon was in uh, a very, very sort of honest mood. He, he, he does get like that, as you know, and he, he he, I said, I actually said the same thing to him. I said, you know, if, if he'd have got that pin, it'd been called early. Do, do you, you know, would that have changed the outcome of the match? And he said, you know what, I, I really don't think so. He said, I, I honestly was sort of, um, I was in cruise. He could have done a lot more. Said I was going to where he wanted me to go, and I wasn't really putting the brakes on him too early. I could have done it earlier. Um, and the thing is with Devon, I think it, it's the multiple round thing is a problem. And I think, you know, I think over if he stops the match at all. It's a horrible bleed, as you. Yeah, I mean, you've been there, haven't you? I've experienced it. Yeah, for sure. But Todd is explosive enough and proved it off that first match. That I mean, it, like I said, if that could have just popped three more times real quick, and they were called every time. I mean, that's. But yeah, you're right. Devin's uh, Devin's uh, unique. He can he can find ways. But yeah. You know what I I really liked about that match, mate? It was the second start. You know when um they hit a well Devin hit a high hook. And, and, and Todd hit his usual sort of deep, leaning forward, just driving hook. And um, Devon sort of acknowledged, yeah, I've got it where I wanted it. And he was comfortable and he nodded away and he felt solid. And then he went to bump Todd and you could see it didn't move. And then Todd opened up the throttle and, <laughs> and Todd, Devin... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he, got, he got a little bit of worried look on his face like, what the crap is that? Yeah. No, I, I remember, um, I, you know, after the, I think, we were, I can't remember where it was, it might have been UAL, and uh, Todd Todd um, and Ali were stood at the table, and Todd was like hammered drunk, and I'm pretty sure he'd, he'd arm wrestled that day, he was like obnoxious drunk, he was leathered, and uh, I got on the table with him just mucking about, he said, oh, come on, come on, let's have a little play around, and uh, I, th I thought, I'm not going to put too much into this, because he's out of my depth. But I just, I remember, I said, okay, and we rolled into like a hook position. And I said, I'll just have a little squeeze at you sideways. And I tried to roll to the side on him hard. And that lock was just Great. biblical, Great. stupid Great. strong. It was like, wow. And, and I was kind of hoping that we would see at least one match uh, at some point between Devin and Todd as far as... Um, the endurance being risk to risk because you know mm. Devin can hang with the best of them, but I've I've never felt anybody that can go the distance like Todd can in a hook. So it would have been interesting to see uh, that finality without Devin trying to roll out from that you know that second match. I think we've been I think we've been talking about that potential outcomes what, since eating ice creams on boardwalks in Poland, mate. <laughs> Where that, that, it's always been that one where, where I think it was after Ultimate Vegas where you pulled was it the Plaza that you first ran into right. Todd in the in the in the uh, middleweight class and then we're in the deep hook match and I think after that you started training with him didn't you just after yeah. that like a year yeah, after yeah, or something yeah. yeah and I think at that yeah. point you said you know a match I'd love to see uh, it'd be Hutchins Devon in a hook mm -hmm. and um, yeah we never we never we've still never really seen it I suppose. Um, you know, you never know, mate. You never know. They're still in that same. Well, we'll, we'll see what Todd looks like. He's lost some weight again, and I don't know if he's if the future uh, if he's going to go back to the middleweight class or what the future mm. holds for him. But um, yeah, I, I think he's got some redemption against both Devin and I. I boy, I was even disappointed that he uh, he wasn't able to 
you know, find the key with Jerry Cataret. I, you know, I thought, I thought, boy, once he got that wrist like that and he got him stretched out like that, yeah. um, he could just bleed, bleed Jerry out. But uh, Jerry's so, so strong, even with that dead wrist. Uh, Jerry's just remarkable, isn't he? In, ter- yeah. in terms of endurance, I mean, um, yeah. from it's not many men. Endurance from crazy positions, like silly positions. Such a such a disadvantage, and he's still hanging in there. Yeah, but. yeah, he really is. A, I mean, you've got to take your hat off to the guy. He's a. I mean, he's always. I think he's. Uh, he's probably the most underrated super heavyweight I can remember. Yeah. I mean, all throughout. Certainly, I've been arm wrestling for coming up thirty-one years, and I know throughout my entire career, he's been there, thereabouts. You know. Right from the day dot. I mean, right from the old Yukon Jack stuff, he was banging away there, you know. And he's had, if you look at who he's been in battles with, I mean, ridiculous arm wrestlers. I, I remember he, he had a, a screamer with you in the UAL, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Venice what, what, was, what was your opinion on the, the finality with him and uh, Michael Todd? Uh, should the match have been stopped? I know technically the argument is that <laughs> well, that's something that shouldn't be stopped, but... When when somebody's pulled through the strap and the you know the, the mm. hands ain't even together anymore, I, I don't know. I, I I was hoping that they would stop it and restart it. Yeah, I, I was really. I mean, I, I've got to be. I'm biased, obviously, because Arm Wars have the we have that rule. So mm. if the strap, if the if if the fundamental integrity of the strap was lost at any point in an Arm Wars match, we just stopped it and started it oh, again, right. because. I'm a very big believer in the straps. I always like the straps. My my probably bias because of that because I always pulled better in the strap. But I I, I kind of think you know the whole we did, a couple of points of difference actually which relate to that the whole slip in a losing position thing which exists in you know PAL in WAF I always thought was a ridiculous rule because my my thing there what whose losing position is it you know you see these things called you go to World Arm Wrestling Federation. It's like, oh yeah, slip in a losing position, okay. And 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 I'd say, okay, well, who's losing position? Is it is it uh, Travis's losing position? Is it Andreas Rundstrom's losing position? Or is it Frodo Hoglund's losing position? Or Jerry Cataret's losing position? Because they're very very different things, you know. Right. Jerry right. Cataret doesn't have a very very clear losing position. I've seen right. that guy in positions where you bet you're frigging the form, you know, that he's right. oh he's screwed, he's done. And yeah, and when you, and when you and when you implement a rule like that, I mean, then the offensive guy can just hit with a top roll and purposely not really even hang on very much, and then correct slip. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's everybody's going to take advantage of the, of the of the way the rules are written. But I, I always thought that you know it's like a situation where you're in. A, my background was fight sports. I obviously came from combat sports into arm wrestling. So if I'd have been in a you know boxing match or, or a, a, a Muay Thai match and you crack a guy. And he's rocking all over the place. He's on Queer Street. He's wobbling around. You don't suddenly, oh, yeah, well, he was he was going to lose there, so I'll just leave it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah, you either knock the guy down or you don't. Right. And, you know, I've been in situations where I've had a guy on the ropes and suddenly, crack, he's hit you with an uppercut, and you don't know, you know, he's not yet, you're heading to the fifth row. So I don't think it's over that easy with the right guy. If you're in there and you're a warrior, it's not done. You know, I've come right. back my own career from stupid positions. I remember I had a match once with Gregory Schneider in the Arm Wars series, and I was in some ridiculous... He has a, a King's move, so he was King's moving the daylights out of me. Mm-hmm. And I got into some terrible positions and managed to win from there because we both got... Both pullers were in a situation where 
we'd lost total feel in our arms. We're like minutes in and, you know, anything can happen. And similarly with that, I know that, that with World Armless League at that time, they have to follow the letter of the law. So Bart, bless him, is in a no-win situation because the guy's doing everything right. And Michael is very, very, very versed on the rules. So he goes in there knowing exactly what those rules are. You know, so at that point in time, we had Jerry and Mike on here and both of them acknowledged the fact that the call was correct. And I, and I think most people do, mate. Mm-hmm. Me personally, whilst I do agree that the call was correct, I was gutted to see it end like that. I was sick. I wanted to see a match. I, I want to, you know, ah, bias, like I say, but I, I would have loved it to, I would have loved another another yeah. poll. And I, and I don't know who would have won. I really don't. No, no, they they both didn't think they could win. That's why it was such a shit show afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of an embarrassing, you know, situation. Like, oh, my goodness. All right, cut cut the commercial break. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. I mean, I ended up getting pulled out of the bloody, um, out of the booth to come over and calm Michael down. They said, can you come and stop Michael from leaving the arena? And I, you know what? I don't actually think he was. And speaking to him after he said, you know, I wasn't actually going to go. But, no, and I... And I I understand his position. I, I felt that way a few times with the super matches with Pal, where they were being elbowing practice. Like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm just <laughs> killing this guy, and you're you're saying that I, you know, there's a hair of what? I just, I, uh, yeah. it, it it pushes you to the point where it's like, screw it. It's not, a, you know. Well, I've got to, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pour scorn on Pal in any way because I, I I'm a fan. I mean, I am. I'm a fan. Yeah, I think anybody well, who's a fan of arm wrestling, you've com- got to be a fan of PAL. Com- uh, some amazing stuff. Yeah. Completely different leagues, though, between WAL yeah. and, and PAL. P- you know, the China PAL, such a nice show, such fine, clean, the bracketing, the stage, the lighting, the, the you know, Magnificent. the backdrop with the, the yeah. player. It's just, yeah, it's just super high quality. But, yes. you know, the, the, the big super matches. You could hear a pin drop in that building. It was yeah, a little boring. So quiet at night. It's past yeah. boring. It was like, is there anything even going on? I, you didn't. You didn't feel any energy from the crowd. That you know, you didn't hear the referees. You didn't hear what the arm wrestlers are doing or thinking up there. Just you saw, you know, saw two quiet people up on the stage. You know. It's, yeah, you know, I mean, it's exactly. arm wrestling, but it, it didn't translate to the the spectators at all. I, mean, I looked at it and I was like, I'm sorry. I mean, it's just this is it's just hard to sit through. I mean, it's just boring when we all knew that these were the top guys on the, on the planet but and that's yeah. that's what's so annoying isn't it because i mean to be fair to uh igor kirill anna uh I, I say great organization they do some fabulous matches they're magnificent structured matches that the events are world class as good as anything superb i mean really really good the athletes world class phenomenal pullers you couldn't get any better you know they really are the, the, they're awesome arm wrestlers but I think that they're, like you say, I think arm wrestling is built around being a visceral sport. You, you need that excitement. And all I'm saying is this. I, I, when I was probably 12, 13 years old, I went watching Rocky Four at the cinema, right? <clears throat> so we gone to watch Rocky Four. We come out of Rocky Four, John. And everybody's buzzing like I'm like walking around and throwing jabs in it. You know, everybody's like, I need to freaking go and punch a right, right, right. Everybody wants to do that. The night we literally we were in a situation where the night that Devon Larratt, Michael Todd pulled each other at the final in Atlanta in the 400 series, I was looking for a table 30 seconds after taking off the goddamn 
I right. took off my right. headphones. Yeah. I'm like, let's and go. That, and that, yeah, and that's what you want to achieve, right? You yeah. Want, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, it, WIL is so much more uh, you know, gritty and exciting with just the little things that they do. I love the, the closeness to the table. And the, the corner man to nice little addition. The, you know, the mic referee. You know, hearing the competitors, and, and it's, yeah, I mean, and that's why people are going to want to eventually come to the show, right? I mean, we went to that UFC fight. I mean, not to really watch the fight because the fight was so, you know, freaking far away, but mm-hmm. just the energy of the building. I mean, just yeah, have, have feel that you know people are excited and are are passionate and are screaming, yelling. I mean, that's that in itself is. Yeah, it's like being in a goddamn strength sport nightclub. You just walk in there and everybody's just the what you know everybody's bouncing. I, I remember um, we were actually I think it was Lottie Tourme and we're I think we're both pulling in there. You maybe knocked me out actually. <laughs> and we're. <laughs> Oh, right, right, right. I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, the one with the low ceiling. I think it, I think it was, it was probably the one that I will uh, beat Saplinkoff maybe for the first time. Yeah. And that that place was just electric. I mean, and it, it, probably a smaller crowd than they've had since then. But, um, Correct. yeah, just exactly. it was, sta- it was only standing room only and uh, that low ceiling yeah. and just... There was just high energy in that place. We were backstage getting ready. I think... I think um, you not? I'm pretty sure you knocked me out. You're, my first loss was you because we. I always got you in the first round, right, and then right. you you ended up pulling Taras like a couple of rounds later, and you lit him up. And I was obviously we were sharing a room at that time, so I was like, yeah. Get, and I remember you talking. Oh, it went nuts. I was stuck with Pascal Girard. We what? Everybody we were like following the brackets through. So and it was just everybody was backstage ballsy. I wonder if that was it was the same tournament you gave me that that much needed pep talk against uh, uh, Saplinkov. I was I was, was having big I was having big doubts, and you saw like, dude, you're you're you can beat this guy. I'm like, no, oh, there's no way. I don't even know why. You know, please get, let me escape this place. And it's like, no bullshit. Get your you know. And uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely it definitely helped because it it gave, gave me the you know revved me up, and I thought, okay, well, what do I got to lose? I mean, the guys. He's, he should beat me. He's expected to beat me, but yeah, no, that was uh, very well. it's, it's great, and it's sometimes I mean, you know, you get guys like, um, and, and I listen to let's say, for example, Travis, right? And you pick up on Travis, and he'll say, well, uh, you know, I, I love tournament arm wrestling because tournament arm wrestling is more exciting because it's fluid. It's not planned. It's not and then you can say you, there's pros and cons for each, but I think both are excellent. I'm a fan of tournament arm wrestling, and, I, and I'm a fan of super match arm wrestling. And I think they're just distinctly different, you know. But both of those scenarios, you can in the right with the right criteria, can be just really exciting. They can be really bristling. And I mean, look at the uh, the situation where you ended up pulling Farid that day. That was, oh, I mean, that was like right. a roller coaster, wasn't right, it? Right, right. Yeah. Same you type know? of situation. I mean. It- they let everybody come up on the stage and everybody kind of got close and you could feel the, you know, the, the energy from the, the people mm. watching and, you know, you, people were actually looking over for each shoulder while he's arm wrestling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So right. this, but that's, that's, the, that's the crazy stuff that makes it fun and exciting. It is. It's like a wild, wild west, but in a good way, you know, it's just, a, I, I think that kind of thing is, I think it's essential. I think it's essential as, as you start to sell the sport on, you know, and I think that kind of thing. And there's, it also allows um, for characters to come through. 
you really do see that. I mean, nobody can say they don't have a feel for Michael Todd's character from watching World Arm Wrestling League, you know? I mean, that guy is absolutely, there he is, shop window. Couldn't have made it more obvious exactly how he is. Devin Larratt, same situation. I don't think it's harming uh, the guy that he's got now, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on, on YouTube and he's on social media every time we turn it on. But I do think it gives you a real window on those guys. It gives you a... Uh, a view into their demeanor, their character. And not everybody's a fan, you know? So, I mean, Jeff Hale's the one, isn't he? Because right. half the people, you'll get on, and, and some people, I used to get messages when we were, when we used to have Jeff on the Arm Wars Super Series. And, and I know the same situation now from the guys at World Arm Wrestling League. They get so many messages saying, oh, God, we love Jeff. And they love Jeff. I mean, Jeff's such a nice dude, and he's so vibrant. And yet... You get so many guys that hate on Jeff. You know, they hate Jeff. I remember I was having like a, a, a four-way running battle on social media, like tongue-in-cheek because they're, they're all guys I know well, but there was like Joel Hudick was on there, Gobby was on there, and we were like chatting back and forth about Jeff, and I was backing Jeff, and they were like saying Jeff's a dick. And, and you know, you, just because of that character, they don't like the fact that he, 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 he goes nuts up there and he bigs it up and they think it's false. You know, but I, I'm a bit, where do you stand on that? Cause you were always. Well, and, and I, when you're mentioning all that stuff, I mean, I, I think that could be the one step further that they, that they could do would be what the Saban Matosian did, you know, mm -hmm. where you actually get that candid uh, view of the back room before the match goes, that yes. conversation between you and me about the doubt and the pep talk. And yes. I mean, that, that could all actually play even more and more. I mean, I know the show's a limited you got a limited time frame, but I mean, there's so much more that, that, that you could do with that to, mm -hmm. to get the spectator to feel the passion that behind the sport. Um, yeah, I'm no, cool. I enjoy it. <laughs> I agree. I agree with everything you've just said, mate. You know, the thing that really makes me smile a lot when we talk, you know, people don't understand that the time that pulling John was filmed, right? That whole situation then I know because I was so close to you, uh, it throughout that, that how horrible shape you were in. I mean, you know, mentally and physically, you were you were just a million miles from the real you. And yet, you know, legends have been etched out over the result and the outcome of that whole event, particularly the Zloty tour, the finish to it, you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 you were like a shadow of yourself. <laughs> no, I, I, I so I so much appreciate that you know that the, the pulling John crew came around when they did because you know you're right I was I was two steps you know leaving the uh, leaving the sport for good I just yeah. had such such bad elbow issues and I just didn't think they would ever get better and um, mm. yeah no no I have to thank them for that for sure <laughs> but it's uh, I I always feel it you know like obviously Alexei had a great day there. Um, Matt Gardner was firing. I mean, it's funny, you know, Matt, Matt doesn't get the recognition there. Matt was rock strong at that time, you know, he was criminally oh, strong. But uh, that whole scenario and the lead up to that, the, all the events we were attending, that, that was some good stuff. Those were great shows, uh, you know, right. best Savannah did so and, and, just. And it's a, shame, it's a shame that Igor hasn't gotten back. I don't know why he's so, so completely structurally, structural clean, like Olympic style arm wrestling. I mean, mm -hmm. There's got to be a reason, but um, he he needs to he needs to reflect and think back about some of those old you know matches and tournaments that used to be a little bit more a little bit more gritty you know a little bit more feel the energy type tournaments. Setting. You know I go I go two ways on it, mate. I actually think sometimes that it's like um, 
it's good that you've got PAL and World Arm Wrestling League in some respects because they are both driving in the same direction. They're both quality in their own way, um, but they are so different that you can sort of pick your poison, you know, or, or both. You know, you can like go in the Wild West for a while and then go and and, and, and arm wrestle in the lab. You know, if you if you want it to be super clean, um, you know, there it is. You can go and do it. And it, and, and a, lot, a lot of arm wrestlers that like that. Uh, do you do you enjoy the actual experience? That do you enjoy the sort of um, controlled environment of that kind of event of the World Arm Wrestling Federation, as was the PAL? Do you like pulling under those uh, rules, under those regulations, or do you find it a little bit restrictive? Ah, uh, I, 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 well, it's definitely more exciting in in not knowing what to expect, and, and the WL kind of brings that more than the PAL. The PAL is so, I mean. I, I just don't practice the PAL enough to be that uh, strict on my setup and, and the goes and the elbow. And I, 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 I'd much prefer, I, I, because of course I always came up to the table wanting the other person to, you know, to feel like they were treated fairly. And, and also, you know, I have that little bit of fight and argument, and, you know, test each other. Um, and PAL almost doesn't do that. I mean, even when, when I was at China afterwards, I was decided I was going to pull with the guy that organized the tournament. I thought, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I'll stay up there and, and pull pull a few people that would come up to the table. Well, yeah. I, it wasn't, I I wanted to just kind of let a couple people feel my arm and just, just kind of pull around and maybe do some pictures and that. Well, mm-hmm. no, they right away, referees are on the spot and setting us up straight and exactly right i'm like i'm looking around like no i'm not you know what's going on i'm not in a tournament i mean don't don't treat me like a you know competitor here i mean i'm not yeah this isn't for the record is it i mean what the crap but yeah, i mean just that's just the way they are everything is just so you know tight 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 mm-hmm. tight rules 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 and cameras and it it kind of it, it kind of takes some of the fun away from the sport Ladies and gents, we got to take a short break right now, but please don't go anywhere. We will be right back in just a few. Welcome back to the show, guys. Or if you're just joining us, you have joined at a great time. We are midway through a conversation with the greatest of all time, Mr. John Brzezink. Let's get back to questions with a perfect storm right now. So how was the whole experience in China, mate? You know, obviously emerging nation. Uh, yeah. What was your experience over there like? Did you see a lot of talent? Did I see a lot of talent? Um, yeah, it was yeah, so good. The same, kind, the same kind of maybe talent and potential that I saw when I first went to uh, Russia. I mean, it's it takes, it's you know how it is. It takes yeah. three, four, five years to, to really find potentially great arm wrestlers uh, that, you know, you just can't start, a, you know, your first tournament and have, you know, um, great arm wrestlers emerge, I mean, right up the bat. But, yeah, I, I, there are some guys there that I could see in, you know, three, four, five years will be just as competitive as the rest of the world. And, you know, of course, China's got a big pool to pick from. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens with that area in the years. It is just great to see these emerging nations. I mean, obviously, Australia is a good example of that, isn't it? You know, you've got... Um, yeah, back in the day, you'd go abroad to the World Arm Wrestling Federation events, and you might see, you know, Sam there with his with his giant Jesus beard, and and he was the only guy there from Australia. Now you go, and you know, there there'd be a real contingent. And if you look at what's happening, though, they've got obviously 
certain strongholds like Brisbane and so on. And one of, one of those guys you work very extensively with, with Ryan. Um, and we were speaking before we came on air about that a little bit. But now they're getting some guys over there that are, you know, they're in the mix. They're, they're, they're starting to be taken serious. And we'll see probably good evidence of exactly how serious uh, when a couple of them go over to Zloty Tour, where, the, you know, you're going to get some really acid competition. How, how do you rate those guys? Well, just like going to WIL for the first time, going to Zloty and the PAL is going to be a, you know, just a wake-up call for a lot of those guys that probably have the strength to compete at that, that level. But um, the cameras, the, the way they set up, the way they say ready-go, the, the whole structure of it's um, really, really fine. And it's um, something that you'll probably walk away from going, damn, I didn't really feel like I got a you know, fair shake, or I don't feel like I even got a chance to arm wrestle. I got it. I end up falling out, or I end up, you know, some infraction. So it's, it's, um, and of course with the hype and the cameras and the stage, you know, they, it's, it ends up being kind of a, a little bit overwhelming. But yeah, no, I, I, I think they're definitely strong enough. It's whether or not they're can accept the, you know, be experienced enough to be able to, to roll with it. Are you going to be out there yourself? Are you going out to those lofty tours? No. No, I'm not going out to Zloty. Not this year. Maybe, maybe next year if I try to do this uh, top eight thing, which I'm definitely considering. So, yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about. I mean, we saw you at World Arm Wrestling League in uh, in LA. Okay. You were over there with Ryan Bowen working the corner, and uh, we had a chat backstage just before he went out there. Obviously, you called that right. You got the win there, and I thought he arm wrestled really, really well. Actually, he was technically on his on the money that night. Where do you think the middleweight division sits really in terms of the caliber of puller in there now? I mean, you've obviously got Rob, um, who is a guy very much in some ways like yourself. He's a gifted individual physically. Do you think Rob is sort of standalone in there or do you think he's, uh, he's touchable by some of the guys that are, that are coming up? Ryan, maybe, Paul Lynn, anybody else that can do anything with, with him? I think the right situation, yeah, no, Ryan is definitely not too far away from... Uh... Those guys. I mean, yeah, RBJ for sure is the, kind of the standalone in that in that league. Storm is, uh, you know, close. I mean, there there are some guys that explosive guys could pop Ryan, but Ryan gets to stop. He's somewhat like Devin. He's got he's got a sticking point, and if it gets stuck, it's gonna be you're gonna be wondering what the hell just happened. Why did I yep. lose this lose this match? But uh, yeah, no. Without Todd Hutchins being in that class, yeah, Rob for sure is the uh, the clear flavor. That's. It's not it's not nearly as contested as the uh, super heavyweights, is it? You don't have the depth of of uh, close competitors in that class, in my opinion. How do you see that playing out, mate? Heavyweights? Do you think um, Michael Todd can be beaten? I mean, uh, there's a lot of talk around all, there. One of them can be beaten. I think. That, yeah. You know, talk, talk about the last five, six super heavyweight matches. That any one of them at any particular time i mean in fact some of the winners i don't think should have been the winners so i mean mm-hmm. i i love to see i mean a repeat of this last season and, and I, I think the outcome could be completely different i mean they were yeah all just so close so close i mean it was really interesting wasn't it watching i mean you, you know it's the you, the old adage isn't it styles make matches well you ever wanted evidence of that jesus i mean we're, we're seeing a bigger devon than we've ever seen 277 when we were out uh, in Atlanta and he and, and he looked bigger you know he, he just looked a bigger man uh, everything about the, the guy looked solid and he seemed to be in a in a pretty good place and was 
regaining some confidence. I think he took a bit of a confidence knock after the, the Mike result. I think that shocked Devon a little bit. But what was evident there is that whenever you put Jerry and Michael together, that is just cataclysmic. Isn't it? I mean, those guys just mess each other up so bad. Jerry impervious to the Kings move, or so it would seem. Um, did you sort of expect that outcome? Did you think it would just be a grinder, or did oh, you expect yeah, Michael no, to come? Oh, you know, of course, yeah, because yeah, Michael's advantage is that, that pronation, that Kings move, and it doesn't matter to Jerry. So Jerry's, Jerry's in his sweet spot when Michael's seeming to be, you know, have the, the match won with his move. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a shame. I mean... And, and and kind of to me, the standout alone, the standout strongest guy in that class has got beat fairly quickly by by both uh, you know Michael and uh, Devin. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Dave Chase, yeah, so. I mean Dave, you're referring to obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's like he's a, we don't nobody even talks about him or thinks about him anymore. I mean, he's still the by far clearly in my mind, just gripping up with him, the the you know strongest guy on possibly on the planet, a little long, you know, in America. And, um, he oh, got, God, he's he got, this, he got dismissed by <laughs> that damn King's yeah. move. So, yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he, I, to me, he needs just to fix a few little things, and I don't know how or but yeah, he's, he's going to be definitely in the mix again. But, yeah. No, well, well, we're on that, mate. Let's, let's just focus on that. I, I've had a lot of people talk recently about this, and you were probably, I said, I raised this with Engin the other day. We had Engin Terzi on here uh, last week and week before. And I, I raised this with him. Where do you sit on this whole debate around the arm wrestlers of today being so, that the elite elite being so much stronger than they've ever been? Because I'm not sure I buy that. I think there's more depth, but I don't think necessarily the top guy uh, of now would have been any stronger than that. And in fact, I want to have some fun with this, John, if you don't mind. I want to throw a couple of, We'll get your answer on this, and then I'm going to throw a couple of names at you. And you tell me how you think the matches would have gone down. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. I know I would. So just just in terms of the question itself, how do you sort of see that? Well, I kind of had this question presented to me with uh, in China by Igor, you know, how, how really? much the armaments okay. have evolved. And I'm like, you know, the top guys that I can think of back in the 80s and early 90s, I think would still be just as competitive against a lot of the monsters that you see now um, just because they were standout, you know, natural monsters. You know, you're talking, mm. like, talking like a Cleve Dean or um, oh, yeah, John. <laughs> or Johnny Walker even in the middleweight class. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't turn yourself into those guys. He was just, uh, I mean, I talked to my dad today. It's like, it's surprising that there was no one that's emerged that's built like Johnny Walker. Oh, Johnny was <laughs> mega. <laughs> I mean, it, oh, I mean, yeah. Mega. Why people don't exist like that anymore? I mean, so in that respect, I think, I think that, you know, I, let me pull Johnny Walker back from the eighties and put oh, him up against the, the very best right now in, in the, in the middleweights or the heavyweights. And, yeah, different type of monster i mean different type of just unusual genetic mm. freak i mean um versus today we got a lot of guys that are are just a lot of hard work and you know just doing crazy crazy things and, and that that wasn't the case back in when i first started the 80s and 90s i mean most of these guys were weekend warriors and they they took it serious but they weren't they weren't you know, serious serious 
Let's have a bit of a laugh with this then. Okay, you ready? Travis Bajant, the best you've best form you've ever pulled him in. Gary Goodridge, best form you've ever pulled him in. How's that go down? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to go with Travis. You go, with, go Travis. with Travis. Mm-hmm. I have to go with Travis. Um, too much, too much back pressure, too much top roll. Uh, Gary, if he could get the hook in, which I don't, he didn't ever, yeah, he couldn't get the hook in with Travis. I know he right, was let's... super strong with that top row with Cleve that one year. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to bet my money probably on Travis. The only, the only thing that always makes me sort of wonder was that Gary was more well-rounded than he could pull with his wrist flat. And that always yeah, his, his, his big downfall was such a tiny little hand for his yes. he was. He had tiny hand, tiny wrist. But he fixed yeah. it by, by, by having that high top roll, high mm-hmm. knuckle top roll. But Travis, that's Travis's game right there. I mean, that's, that's his strong point. Is yep. you, you, you need to have a strong hand and grab Travis low and control, control his arm to beat Travis. I mean, you're not going to – I don't think anybody's going to match that, that posting back, back pressure. That, other than maybe a Dave Patton, that would be – Juiced up and 200 plus pounds, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's put an image in my mind. What, what about what about Dennis Plankoff in his best shape against Cleve Dean at his best? I would I would say Cleve Dean. I don't know if Cleve's just so big, such a monstrous hand that uh, I don't know if uh, Dennis could ever got through that i mean um yeah he would have had to figure some stuff out had to have to figure out grabbing low and and uh yeah cleave and i never even really pulled cleave when he was at his best so i mean it's 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 hard for me to say cleave at his best because i kind of pulled him when he was not in the 70s but in the late 80s so um yeah i would say cleave i mean cleave is one of those guys probably when he was a young guy in his 20s and 30s. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's very few people that could have dealt with that that monstrous size and hand. Just was a giant money. Just yeah, a, no, and, yeah. and, and people giant. think that think people think Levon is a big guy, and I, I, you know, surprisingly enough, he looks bigger on camera and, than in real life. Than in yep. real life, I I stood up next to him and I'm like, ah, you don't even intimidate me. <laughs> I mean, I grabbed his hand. I was like. Doesn't seem that big. Like I mean, mm. I feel like I have I would have chances, but yeah. Cleve, Cleve, you grab onto him, you felt like a little, you know, little kid. Yeah, he was giant. I mean, a grown up. So. Yeah, you'd go. It's a good job he wasn't a pedophile in it. I mean, good <laughs> God, that is a scary. I mean, that 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 guy. You, it, 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 I remember sitting next to him at the World Championships, and. um I sat at the side of it. I think it was about 80 kilos at the time. And I sat at the side of Cleve Dean. I remember uh, just looking across the mass of the guy, just the width of the guy. And it might actually be the biggest human being I've ever... And bearing in mind, I spend a lot of my time working with world's strongest men competitors. And I think it's between Cleve Dean and Dominic Filiou, the biggest men I've ever seen. He was just... In in terms of just mass, he was yeah. colossal. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know exactly what his form was, but I know it was twenty plus inches. His form, I mean, form I mean, bigger than most people's thighs. I mean, it's, yeah. Got another one for you, Scott Norton. All right, let's go, Scott. In fact, no, I'll tell you what. 
Richard Lopkus, best form you've ever pulled in. Dave Chafee. Mm. <laughs> close, uh, close match. Um, yeah, yeah, weird, weird too. Somebody's arm was going to break in that match because they're, <laughs> they're they're both such. They're, just, they're not real arm I mean, they are yeah, arm so much time in the gym that I just there's just too much muscle there that just bones are going to snap because they're both doing weird direction stuff and that's it's that's why it's so you know they're so similar. I mean, Dave yeah. is so hard to pull because he comes across like a weightlifter, so so unorthodox versus mm-hmm. most seasoned arm wrestlers. And and Lupkus was the same way. He was just so ridiculously strong because of his weight training that it just didn't feel like uh, you know you were arm wrestling a machine. You weren't arm wrestling another being. So um, yeah, I mean yeah, Richard. A lot of people have you know a lot of people's experience of Richard has been when he's been effectively in his latter years. You know when he was first world champion, he was just and he was so explosive, so fast. You know, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's a big guy. I mean, oh. strong hand. But he didn't. He never really, you know, used his hand to, you know, as much to advantage that he that he should have. He he just would pull like Johnny Walker, just straight wrist, straight across, just pure, you know, just pure power. You know, not trying to get any kind of advantage or bow or a technique. It was just strength. So, John, I'm conscious we've been only a forty minutes uh, there or thereabouts, and I'd love to get you back on uh, on the show again soon. But before we let you go because I know you're catching a flight this afternoon, before we let me go, just to whet people's appetites a little bit. Is there any truth in this rumour, mate? Are you um, are you going to throw your hat back in the ring? I'm, yeah, I'm seriously thinking about it. I, I'm somewhat, in my mind, committed to saying, yes, let's do it. Um, I'm a little worried that I'm, you know, so badly out of shape. And, you know, I still have the issues. I've been calling with the Dustin Allen a little bit on the occasional Saturday, so I kind of know where I stand. Uh shoulder still cracks and pops and gives me all kinds of scary scary noises uh but you know the big so thing with get it the, open. yeah the big <laughs> the big yeah, the big thing with the my the proposal with the top 8 is is making the making the weight i mean I, i'm 55 now and and beer drinking and uh when i came back from china i was 241 <laughs> so i'm like what the crap is happening to me so um part of me wants to just say yes to force myself to have a reason, a goal to uh, get back to uh, a decent weight, if nothing else. Um, I really don't suspect that I'm going to be that effective. I mean, I, I know it's, they're talking March for maybe the first round of this thing, and mm-hmm. that's only five months away. So my, my biggest obstacle and goal will be just getting getting the weight down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious enough to want to – want to test it again i mean my shoulder never really got any better from stopping so i'm just gonna to have to live on a bunch of ibuprofen for the year and, and <laughs> yeah see where it takes me you know because... so let me let me leave you with another one mate to close us down in summary if we were to get a call from world arm wrestling league and they were to throw a catch weight your way and say look if we could do something at 225, 230, somewhere that's a reasonable weight for you and you had enough time to to train a few months out, would you be, uh, are there a few guys in the, in the roster that you'd fancy a run out against? Well, uh, you know, WAL now has is, is got basically the, the two, three weight classes. I, I would be more interested in maybe a, going for a hammer shot against someone like RVJ. I mean, if that's... Oh, look, if yeah. You're, if, you're, if you're in a 
challenge me, I mean, that's that would be my my, my thought is, okay, let's go. If I'm going to try to make this 209, let's try to get, well, we'll see how it goes with the world. But, um, You've just 209. woken a lot of people, Mr. Brzezink, mate. I think. Of course, that... of course, like I said, I don't know if I can get through Storm or some of the other competitors that are that are next in line in that uh, in that group, but um, yeah, no. It, if 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 I ended up getting back in the sport, I, I certainly would not even consider uh, throwing my head into the, the super heavyweight class. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Not enough, not enough injuries to last. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> a spectator in that in that area, but um, yeah, I mean maybe if we'll see how the weight loss goes, see how I feel, see if I. I'm any kind of a shell of myself when I when I drop 30 pounds here and exciting times. There's always a possibility, yeah. <laughs> exciting times. Well, then, then of course there's always the the you know the the, the 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 leagues themselves that might be restrictive. So each side of the we'll have to we'll have to figure that out. Our and that out if that really became. Hopefully they both be. Um... Accepting and, and, and allow you to pull in both leagues. I know both would benefit, and I know the fans would benefit, and everybody would love to see it. But, uh, John, thank you so much, mate, for coming on here, giving up your Sunday, and um, do me a favor, let's get you back on here again soon. I know everybody would like that, mate. And, uh, Sounds good, Neil. Safe yeah, journey, buddy. Thank you. Uh, thank you again. Speak to you soon, mate. All right. Perfect. All right. Talk to you later. Unfortunately, guys, we have run out of time for tonight's show just there. I want to say a massive thank you to my guest tonight, the perfect storm, Mr. John Brzezink. I also want to give a big shout out and thanks to all of you for taking the time to tune in. And I hope you will again. Same time next time here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who will help build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.